as a business, sometimes doing it part-time will get you there with a lot more guarantee than, than having to like, you know, double down it. Like one of the things I've learned is that when, when what you love becomes the livelihood for your family and stuff, it becomes a big pressure and it could really just kill the passion. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, but if you do it in a way that it's, it's, it's more, yeah, your, your side gig is a passion to you, but, but you can actually slowly grow it in a way that um, big, once it becomes big enough that you can actually take a major step to jump into it. I think that could be a better way to, to do it. That was CK Lee's answer to the question I asked about what advice would you give someone if they were thinking about going all in on their new business idea. CK is a software startup entrepreneur and in 2017, he founded Tag Gun as a side gig to automate receipt scanning to other tech companies, which is now used globally with some massive companies. And in 2020, he went all in on his new business, Tag Team, which is a venture-backed company that is a no-training, no-fuss AI integration for other tech companies. And in today's episode, we talk about AI, what is artificial intelligence, how it can help small businesses, how we already integrate AI into our everyday workflow, the challenges of a tech startup, why having an accountability partner can help keep you on task, how to manage challenging situations as a startup, why you should consider not going all in until you've tested your idea and have confidence backed by data, insights and time and why creating a process that can be repeated by someone else is very important for a business to scale. Welcome to the New Zealand Small Business and Entrepreneur Festival podcast. Kia ora, CK, how are you man? Good, good. Hey Craig, how's everyone? Thank you, Thank you for having me here. All good. Hey, I like to crack straight into things so that we can get the information from you to understand a little bit more about AI and what you do as an entrepreneur. And hopefully we're going to help out our audience. So the first question I ask all of our guests is, what was your very first ever job that you ever got some money for? And then could you roll into your first sort of career job, how you got there and and the evolution of CK and where you are now and what you do? Sounds good. My very first paycheck, it wasn't a job, it was a paycheck, was actually <laughs> from the US where I was start, where I was still a high school kid in Malaysia. At that time, it was, I don't know what you remember back in the days where they started, they, they were actually paying like um, pay-per-click online advertisement up mm. to like 10 cents, 20 cents per click. So so me, I started like a syndicate where, you know, a group of my high school friends together, we will set up ads and we'll sort of click on each other's ads to sort of like get some pocket money at the time. So that was my very first paycheck when I was probably like 13 or 14 years old. Um, since then, you know, I always wanted to work in computer. I love computer, but I always have like a side gig or a job as a part-time job, even when I was a student. So I've been like a swimming coach, <laughs> librarian. <laughs> I've been a you know delivery boy for like Chinese food and all sorts. 
and this was when I was I was studying America as well. And I'm, my wife and I moved to New Zealand in 2012. And at the time, you know, I was you know started to started my 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 career as a software developer, full time, and 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 in my role and stuff. About maybe I think in 2017, that's when I started my first company as a side gig while I was working full time as a software developer. So that's sort of my, you know, from a full time employee rearing up to the entrepreneur side to to start something mm -hmm. on my own. To this day, um, we're still a small team, three of us um hustling 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 and tech team is the next company we've started trying to go for high growth trying to find some venture capitalists to to invest in the company to to help out other software tech companies with uh, ai solutions so i've got a few questions about ai and i've got a few questions about software developing in in your your world let's call it but for the listeners out there, what can you give us an overview of what Tag Team is your current business mm -hmm. and how it benefits businesses and people? Yeah, so you know, throughout my career as a software developer, um, AI as in artificial intelligence, it it I found out that as a developer, it is a very hard thing for a software company to make use of the AI technologies. So, so tag team um, objective is to help out other software companies to, you know, to take advantage of these new bleeding edge AI technologies out there to build a solution that could actually tackle actual use case for the companies. Because otherwise, you know, um, a software, a company can actually invest in AI but not necessarily get the return of investment in return. So tag team wants to be able to provide these solution sort of off the shelf um, to other software companies where they can just buy it and be able to take the return of investment immediately. Hmm. Does that make sense or? Um... <laughs> it does it does make sense it's still it's still, for, for my mind anyway it's still pretty complicated so <laughs> if you could if you could just to help my brain figure it out mm -hmm. so tag team is a, is an artificial intelligence for other software companies to be able to understand what the return on the investment is if someone if an investor wants to invest in their software yeah it's, okay. it's sort of okay if, if we take an example right like, like i was back in malaysia um two months ago mm -hmm. and one thing i noticed this was so fascinating was that i saw that they were actually robot waiter um mm. food in malaysia where it's a country where you know the minimum wage is like two dollar new zealand dollars and that's that's super crazy to me right like how would how would a restaurant in malaysia where the labor wage is already so low how would they take advantage of you know robotic or ai in a sense to 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 help with the businesses mm -hmm. and 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 i when, when i went on went on to research and about it is that actually you know you don't you know companies like like software companies 
if they were to invest in AI, they would sort of need to build, you know, the robots and everything from scratch and, you know, do R&D themselves and not necessarily be able to get to the end product where they can just use it. So like mm -hmm. these, these like a uh, robot waiter um, companies, what they've done is, you know, they build a really wonderful product that's really useful. And what they do is they lease it out to these companies. Mm. So what tech team wants to do is not to, you know, um, is to be able to, in, in a software sense, it's more like a subscription based to, to sell our software to, to other companies. So we want to like build out the product and then instead of charging them, you know, arms and legs for one off fees, we want to be able to just lease out this software to other companies so that they can, um, it lowers the, the entry cost for them to enter. Um, but it also did, but they can immediately get the benefit of AI immediately at once. So what, what example of industries or businesses have already taken up tag team or who are you targeting that you think that tag team is going to be the perfect product to be able to help integrate AI affordably into their business model? I find that, um, so tag team currently is, is currently focusing a lot on the natural language processing part of AI. So what that means is like, we, we are really focusing on, um, understanding and analyzing text. So like a human, so, so we'd be able to, you know, um, have, have a copy of an article or a text or a file, extract the key information from the file or be able to, 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 to extract the insights of the, of the, of the, of the article so that these can, these can be, these information, information can help other companies to, so that they can actually build out more products on top of the AI results that we've given them to them. So industries that are really um, fascinating, interesting to us are like legal technology companies, um, where they require a lot of, um, you know, automation to be able to help extract these results out from contracts, from letters from the bank. Um, so these are, these are places where we see a lot of opportunities where we are actually, actually trying to build out use cases for them. So can you give our audience, um, an overview of what artificial intelligence can be in the different form formats of AI? Yeah. I mean, um, AI has, it's, it's like a term that has been um thrown around quite a bit isn't it mm. uh, it's it's almost like a marketing hype for a lot of companies or especially software companies um to be able to call themselves an ai companies and um so i i i think about maybe five years ago i've learned that there's this thing called the Gar garner hype cycle where um you know every technology has gone through this hype where, you know, when it first came out in the market, it sort of like promises the world that what it can do, but then it sort of like dies down and then into a beast and then, and then, and then sort of fail the promises, but somehow, some way, um, if the, if the technology continues to develop at the background, it sort of come back out and it's all of a sudden it's like everywhere. Um, so a good example of that is cryptocurrency, right? You know, if you look at the price of like Bitcoin, it's sort of the same thing where 
big hype, drops dead, and then now it comes back up. It's like everywhere now. Um, AI has sort of gone through the same way where it was like a marketing hype probably six, seven years ago and then has gone away, has quieted down. But now it's actually very, very interesting um, what the, the technology can do right now in the sense that it's very accessible, that's number one. And two is it's actually useful for, for a lot of companies, for a lot of actually software developers to actually be able to use that to make a useful product out of it. Do you think AI can help all businesses? And when I say all, not every single business in the world, but like, let's look at some of our audience now are trade tradies, so carpenters. You know, and I always think I've got quite a few um, carpenter and painter friends. They spend a lot of their time creating quotes. I'm mm. sure, and I said, surely you've got an automated, um, <laughs> something automated where you just whack in um, the length of this and it spits out the cost and they, they some of them say no, or most actually all of them say no. Um, <laughs> I was like, well, how, how do you see AI being able to help all businesses, whether it's a whether you're, whether you're an ice cream shop, uh, a, um, a tradie, um, an event company like myself, or or anyone else in between? I think it may be already applicable in a lot of ways that we we don't realize it right mm. now, right? Um, like take for example first company that started is a uh, receipt scanning um, software. Mm -hmm. so what it means is like a tradey, you know, if you submit a receipt to zero or any or any other accounting software, we already have the capability to be able to scan the receipts and automatically key in this information into the accounting software. You know, that's that's already been done. Um, that's that's the first company that I founded. And that's a, you know, a good profitable business that that's ongoing right now mm, i uh, literally use that today there you uploaded, go yeah you know uploaded an invoice bang or we, we, we flicked it out to zero zero could understand what the what the uh, what the quote said and then it put it into an invoice to be paid yeah easy yeah that's right that's so these these are the aspects of like ai that you may not necessarily realize that it's already happening on the background mm. but it's already there um to I guess what 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 it means is like, you know, we we think of AI as in something that's you know really exciting, like like a robot or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but it's actually happening on the background a lot. If we don't pay attention, it's actually um, you won't be able to realize that it's already there. Like marketing is a good example, right? So mm. behind the scene, how how Google sort of like surface and add to a you know, to, to a target audience, those are already been done by AI, like to, to be able to pick the best ad that could, um, that has the highest conversion for the particular target audience that's already been done. Um, you know, what's, what's next? It's like, um, text generation, I think it's a very, very interesting area where, um, there are already companies that already use that can use AI to help write copies, like they'll be able to generate, you know, if you type in a topic, say um, the hype of AI, for example, <laughs> yeah. like within within like two seconds, it will spin up, you know, five different sort of copies of, you know, for, for highlights about a topic for you to sort of pick and choose. 
to mm. to start that you know content marketing or blog or whatever so so there are there are a lot of areas like this that's that's starting to to be you know relevant and useful um and it's not necessarily that we what 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 we sort of hype about is like well that's that's like surprising and amazing but it's sort of like slowly crawling into our lives whether whether we know it know it or not mm. it's very true mm. that when you start thinking about things that used to take a long time or 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 little tasks that you used to be up used to have to spend a lot of time doing now that that are automated are really cool and facebook's actually a really good one where you can hit the automated when you're um doing creating your own ad or um campaign in the, in the back end of facebook and you it's suggested that you hit the um the automatic button so that facebook sends it out to the people and that they place your ad in front of the eyes of the people who are most likely to engage with it or whatever you've asked them through whether it's awareness mm -hmm. conversion or or a lead form or whatever that might be so it goes out and finds the people but you've said this is the type of person that i really would like this ad to go to please go and find this person for the cheapest amount of money as possible. And that's, basically <laughs> what, it, and, and that's what it actually does. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, that's right. And, and behind the scene, it's all done by AI. Right. And, and yeah, you're right on that. It's like Facebook marketing. I think, I think AI has been like really built into like the digital marketing space or advertising a lot already. Um, and and other you know other interesting space are like self-driving car for example mm. um that's you know what what has been demonstrated by like tesla it's it's quite amazing to see what it can do um whether whether it's actually going to meet the promise or hype that you know what a full self-driving car would be to yet to be seen but it's actually quite exciting to see what it can already do right now this day right and that's mm. that's sort of an example of different i think like goes to a plethora of examples out there but um these are some of the things that i can think of right now so i was reading a, a bio about you mm -hmm. and you're a, a software engineer but you're self-taught <laughs> so that's not an easy thing to be able to teach you how to how to do so what what's your process for learning how to to internal how to figure out complicated things do you have a process or, or do you just are you relentless and you just keep working 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 until you figure it out i'll probably clarify that um i i did went to school for for computer engineering yep. um but it was more on hardware than software but right now i'm working fully on software right and um, but never been to business school at all um never know anything about finance or accounting but i do love learning about everything um yeah in terms of process you know i think for myself i find that having an accountability partner really helps me hmm. um because you know being being be able to like say tell tell someone in the team that okay i'm gonna spend some time this you know, for the next few weeks to learn about something and have them hold me accountable for that to make sure I go through, you know, that that 
the learning curve of, you know, when you hit the learning curve, it's always very hard at the first, but until you get it to some point, then it becomes a bit more easier to be curious, right? That to hit that learning curve, having an accountability partner is always very, very helpful. Um, and on the flip side is that once you, once you sort of learned a little bit about a topic and then you really want to be an expert, a deep dive into it, I find that um, teaching other people mm -hmm. becomes very useful as well because it forces you to really think about what you know and you have to sort of research and, and learn more about, you know, how you're going to explain that to someone else um, better. So, so yeah, I think the two things, having a counterbeat partner at first to jump into the topic and then after that, trying to teach someone else about the topic to get better is very, very powerful. I had this exact conversation literally with, with another guest a few weeks ago. Um, oh, yeah? Yeah, and having a, uh, he, he didn't have a, an accountability partner, but he just said, mm -hmm. just have some accountability. If you're going to do something, make sure you, you check in to make sure that you actually finish the task. And then I and then I, I went on to say, like, um, I, I taught martial arts for quite some time. And then I, I felt that when you're teaching kids to learn, you, you need to self-check yourself to be a, to ensure that you're doing the right techniques to teach them how to do the right techniques. Otherwise, otherwise the link's broken and then you're not going to teach them the foundations correctly and then they'll come down the other end and have issues that are going to be way harder for, for the next um, tutor or sensei or senpai or whatever it might be to, to help to help relearn so yeah that, that's that's cool yeah yeah 100 percent. yeah yeah it's like it's like yeah i was a swimming coach as well right like like teaching kids really forces you to really think about every step right like they ask the questions like <laughs> and, and, and to be able to like explain it in a way that sticks for them it's it's so it's so powerful so i might just go back into tag team a little bit mm. tag back into that um What's the what's your ambition for tag team? What's the what where where would you be happy um, with tag team? Where would I be happy? I think last la, okay maybe if I step back a little bit and then we can tell about like um what what happiness means to me right? Yeah, it's true. <laughs> <laughs> I think um so so I founded the first company as like a bootstrap lifestyle business, and that has been really going well and still going. Um, last year, a series of events sort of led me to, to realize that having a lifestyle business makes it really hard to retain talent. So ultimately what I really want to do is to be able to create great products and working with like great team of people. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, but having a lifestyle business just doesn't set up the incentive to retain the talent for a long time because all the incentives still goes back to just the owner of the company, right? Um, learning that, um, that's why I've started tag team to, to, to be a sort of a company that's backed by investors to be able to help us achieve high growth and allow, allow us to be able to, um, set up the, the equity, um, to allow early employees to join the startup together to do this really hard thing together to grow a company start a company grow a company 
and until a state where you know either we become big enough for to be acquired or to be to to be listed on NZX or some um, exit event, that becomes a lot more that 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 goal has become a lot more um, I guess tuned to to what I really want, which is the the goal of being able to work with a great team, creating great products to achieve that uh, because lifestyle business just doesn't really align that way um for in terms in terms of incentive for the stuff you know what i mean so when you say lifestyle business what's your definition of a lifestyle business it's sort of like make money when i sleep sort of thing <laughs> where you know um in software world we we are able to like create a product and then the same product can be you know can be sold to many other companies um, without having to, um, you know, I think, I think what they call is like a, we don't need to like, you know, purchase um, materials to produce the next item, right? Because it's already made, it's there for us to sell it to the next customer, cost us nothing. So, mm. so that was a really, really good, um, I guess, um, profitable product that could be scaled up really fast. Do you think building a profitable business can be done quickly or do you think slower is better? Um, I don't know the right answer, right? But, <laughs> but I've learned, I mean, my, through my journey, you know, I've, I've learned that sometimes um, doing, you know, you hear the stories where it's quite romantic to be able to, you know, quit your full-time job and start a business and um you know all together next day and then just put your your livelihood into like starting a business that way and that's that's sort of what we hear a lot in the news in the media and it's a very very compelling story but i think um especially from from my journey to this day i believe that if you really want to start something um as a business, sometimes doing it part time will get you there with a lot more guarantee than than having to like, you know, double down it. Like one of the things I've learned is that when when what you love becomes the livelihood for your family and stuff, it becomes a big pressure and it could really just kill the passion. You know what I mean? Mm. Like but if you do it in a way that it's 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 more yeah your your side gig is a passion to you but but you can actually slowly grow it in a way that um big once it becomes big enough that you can actually take a major step to jump into it i think that could be a better way to to do it i agree mm -hmm. yeah yeah you, you hear a lot of stories where I mean, over the years, you, you know, especially in the startup world, you hear a lot of stories where, you know, such and such founder, you know, quit their job and then started this thing and, and it's become really, really successful. Um, we don't really hear stories where, you know, the flip side of that, right? Where, where you don't, you never hear about a failure too much from, 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 from the media. But one thing I've learned is like, yeah, if you, if you really are passionate about doing something right there, sometimes doing it or a business um 
it allows you to that passion grinding at it for a long time until it becomes something and then you can jump into full time to it i want to talk about challenges because building a business comes with its challenges and have you got one challenge that you've faced starting whether with your first business or the current one you're in now that was a real big obstacle in your way and how did you process that i think um one thing that jumps into my mind is a time where when you know with the serve the cert when you know in the soft software we have servers serving customers i remember there was this particular time where we were we, a, a big client was trying to sign up with us and but because they're bringing in a big load to our servers large volume and it's actually killing our service mm. at that time i remember that it was particularly hard because you know how when if if your business is do is if your business if you're 100 focusing on business and and you're, you're facing some challenges in your business but family is is okay you sort of can handle it but when you have two things you know family side is like it's challenging and businesses as challenging at the same time that really really drains me and that's probably one of the hard hardest challenge that i've ever been which is to to you know not not having be able to 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 focus on you know family and business at the same time but also trying but being overstretched to trying to just stay alive um on on both ends mm -hmm. so how did you what was your process like how did, how did you get by did you did you because you got to try and balance those types of things out right so sometimes if you're going all in your business like you, i'm hearing you say or well, you had to ch um, fix a problem that or solve a problem that was mm -hmm. coming your focus changes into that and then you f forget about some things and then you focus in on that and then you forget about that not forget about it but things has changed so what did you do in that scenario what was it what was your way of dealing with it i think uh, I, I think i think over the years i've learned a few 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 things that really help right like you know like emotion regulating our own emotion is number one key in in terms of facing challenges like this so there are a few tips about um regulating our own emotion it's that you know just meditation is one one of the um good way to actually to do that if, if you do that regularly that gives you some space between um being reactive totally to a to a challenge immediately but become on a challenges like that to not make it worse than what it is right other things are like you know if 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 you're at the peak of like you know anxiety level is high <laughs> fear is seeping in and all that i find that you know having a really really cold shower things that really jot your system out mm. really well because um it's sort of it gives you it gives you a way to sort of reset and i use that trick a lot when when i'm at the absolute abyss of like I can't handle this anymore. It's gonna crack. Um, yeah, using things like cold shower really, really helped me. What advice would you give someone who has a business idea but has not yet 
plucked up the courage to go all in on their idea or business? I would say don't go all in. I would say do it, do it in a way that, you know, you have got your financial income sort of set where either you have a part-time job or full-time job that you can rely on, but work on that idea or the, the business as a side to make, to, 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 to spark some life into it, to test out everything that you want to test out um, before you make that major step, right? Um, because more than often, our passion for an idea gets killed when there was there's too much pressure trying to make it work. Um, if you remove that pressure from that idea, I believe that we would fare a lot more better. If that makes sense here. Yeah. Does make sense. Mm. Moving into a similar sort of thing, what single most valuable piece of advice would you give a business right now who's already in business but they're trying to grow but they're a little bit stagnant so that could be anyone now who's in the hospitality accommodation sector especially with COVID over the last couple of years now we know that the borders are opened up so customers are going to start coming back in but when they need to start growing or or, or, or generating more income than they have in the past what advice would you give them I think what one thing I've learned I think two years into the business was this book called emit um it's it's such a good book for for any owner operator company right is that it tells a story about a baker you know really passionate about baking pies jump into a business open a shop but realize that you know that the baker is the cleaner the baker <laughs> the accountant <laughs> working like 16 hours a day trying to make it work right um and, and that book sort of explained about how to think about a business like um like uh like um like a franchise you know where you can actually write down the process of everything that you can start another business exactly like that. And, mm. and that sort of taught me the discipline about how to build the company like a product in itself, where you can actually spin up another company to do exactly that. The discipline of, of being able to, you know, every process is written down so that it can be repeatable by someone else it's very, very important for, for a business to grow. That's something I've learned and it's something that's quite powerful once 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 I've applied that to, to the business. What have been two or three of the best pieces of business advice that you've ever been given that you've you've implemented into into your life? I see. I I actually heard this last week. That was really, really good. It was from a customer because um, we've just been like I usually catch up with some of the key customers um, regularly. One of the pieces of advice that he has given me was to know your product is shit when you wake up in the morning. <laughs> so it opens up your heart for like criticism, feedback or anything to be able to improve it. You know, hopefully by the time you go to bed at night, you know that 
you know, you've done a little bit to actually improve that. And I thought that's so true. Um, sometimes, you know, when, when, you know, especially us who, who has created a product to sell, we, we, we become a lot less open for, for criticism and feedback because this is our baby, right? But, but to have that humility in our heart to be able to, to, to take on feedback, criticism, and then improve that. I think that's very, very important for us. It is, and it's a hard thing to to under to not take offence with. Let's say having some self awareness and being humble, like you said, and being able to take feedback, whether it's negative or positive, and don't get like, high in your own supply, and also don't get too down on what when someone else says that it's not as good. As long as you sort of can can. Um, can manage them both and realize that whatever incremental step you take forward is going to be a little bit better than it was yesterday or a little bit better than it was the day before. If you keep doing that, then you the then you're on the pathway to success, right? But if you can't but I feel I feel the same. Like if you can't if you just think what you've done is 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 perfect and you can't take on anyone else's advice, feedback or anything, criticism, um yeah. then it's it's tricky. It's a um it's, it, um yeah. It's it's model. yeah that's right that's right and, and, and on top of that as you i mean you also gotta have the confidence that you'd be able to fix it to improve it as well so it's not i mean i say saying it's like to know that your product is shit it's sort of like um it's it's but also you gotta have the confidence that you, you want to fix it too um that's that's also quite important mm. mm-hmm. you're only as good as what you were yesterday and today's a new day so like as an example i run events mm-hmm. i may have done a good event last week i could have an absolutely shocker this week and <laughs> completely um, um negatively impact my entire brand so you need to ensure that you're all the checks and measures are in place all the time you're always looking for those little gaps for improvement and then filling those gaps with with something that's that's helping helping them helping yourself move forward yeah yeah that's right do you use a lot of checklist um like processes for, for for managing events yourself i do and i'm getting better at that as well to be honest with you um a lot of my events that i've done in the past i've sort of worked on intuition and just based on my experience of, of doing events for quite some time but over the last 18 months i've sort of really started documenting things down to make it i need to start pulling myself out of every single little task because it doesn't need mm. to be there and working out yeah. how to, um, and, and and I suppose it could be for anything, whether that's my the way that I um, develop a brand, the way that I do a, a Facebook marketing campaign or a LinkedIn marketing campaign or whatever, there's, there's a process to be able to do it. And so my, my theory now is that so long as I can start to create a process that anyone can read, and, and that's the playbook for the, for another person to be able to pick up and read and then just move forward with that without me. And then obviously I'm always here to help out. I need to start taking myself out of the detail sometimes and then looking forward to the, what, what I'm doing in three years time, not what I'm doing next weekend. Yeah. That's super cool to hear like playbook and stuff like that. That's, that's so important to be able to, you know, remove yourself out and, and scale. Mm. So anyway, you can move forward, man, is to understand that you're not always good. <laughs> 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 
Man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, you realize some sometimes that you know you, when you pass on this playbook to another person, they execute it so much better than than you. <laughs> no, 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 no. That won't happen for me. No, it's kidding. <laughs> 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 no. <laughs> no, I, I definitely think that that would be the case. Absolutely. <laughs> I did. Hopefully, one day, you know, like you, you, you. you you found you found you found the right team and stuff that's i think the revelation of of you seeing that happening that really will warm your heart because it's it's something that you see you know that someone somebody else had actually made it better than you i think that's that's really really cool okay two more questions to go ck this has been a cool chat um what do you do to um escape from your busy lifestyle you, you said you've, you've got a young family you're, you're busy with a as a, um, a software engineer and a, you're um, building a brand new business so what's your what's your what do you do to escape and have you um get away from everything um i think gym gym helps a lot where where i can just go <laughs> and just trying to survive um having having a personal trainer definitely helps because it really pushes me to to the point of like you know you stop thinking about work and and family or whatnot because you're just there trying to 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 get through the next rep which is i think <laughs> to very, very, yeah to survive <laughs> which i think it's a really good break uh, a, a more milder version of that would be walking a dog, I think, um, mm -hmm. having a podcast on, um, be able to just chill out a little bit, you know, um, be present and, and have, have a little bit more time for yourself to be able to just do a bit of nothing. I think that's important too. So yeah. So what, sort of, what sort of podcast do you consume or what, what's your go-to? Oh, all sorts, really. Um, I, I, I listen to Tim Ferriss a lot. Yep. Um, mm -hmm. and, and I think NZT has quite a few um, podcasts. I can't remember what's the name already, but that's those are good, good podcasts that they have actually started and which is good series that, that I've listened to and gained a lot of insights to, um, especially about investment side um other bits are like i started this thing where i don't follow podcasts per se where i started to search for speakers that i like mm. regardless of what series so so instead of like trying to to follow a podcast series i tried to follow the speakers themselves where they where they you know being interviewed by by different people which mm. i find it's quite it's not a way to to sort of learn yeah i feel that like like spotify as an example is the, is the platform that i generally use it's a it's a search engine like you can learn mm. from that you, you can type in into, into spotify how to cook a chocolate cake and then there'll be someone in there who tells yes. you how to do the best chocolate cake and you can listen to it on the on your walk with a dog and go oh yeah that's what i'm doing wrong um or yeah yeah, there's another one um, as an example of a business opportunity. I was like, I do a lot of fishing and I, I, I wanted to learn more about rock fishing, like fishing off rocks and trying to get kingfish and things. And I searched New Zealand rock fishing podcast. There's none. 
I was like, okay, cool. So I thought, that's an opportunity. I like fishing. I like talking <laughs> in podcasts. So I reached out to a few brands and go, and now I'm going to be starting to do a, a fishing <laughs> podcast. But, um, no. Yeah. And that's how but, you yeah. learn it. All right. You, you be able to interview other, other, you know, fishermen that's, that's really experienced and you can learn the tips and they'll be more than happy to share that. Absolutely. Because they're sharing knowledge to everyone. Just like this. I didn't know anything about AI, to be honest. Um, for but now I feel like I've got a better understanding that I, I I actually do know quite a bit about AI and I've been using it quite a lot. Assume <laughs> that someone's just worked out something that makes things a lot easier for me um, to mm. do things and find people. Um, yeah. The last question I'm going to ask you today is: Who do you think would be a good guest to have on the SME and E podcast? Whoa! <laughs> um, someone in New Zealand or someone overseas or oh. someone. I need to be realistic because <laughs> I, I will ask him because there's been some like Brene Brown and there's Simon Sinek. I'm like, I can't. <laughs> Those guys won't come on to my podcast. Not yet anyway. I don't have any name round, but I think tapping into the startup of New Zealand in the tech mm -hmm. world would be really cool to, to hear some of your stories. I really do appreciate your time. I know you're busy. It's four o'clock New Zealand time now. Um, I'm sure you got things to do, but I appreciate your time. And I really do hope that tag team really does crack it this year for you and, and you create that team that you're that you're dreaming to create. Thank you. This is fun too. Thanks, Craig. No worries, man. I'll, I'll, I'll hopefully I'll get to see you in real life sometime soon. Definitely. All right. See ya. Thank you so much for tuning into this podcast. We really do appreciate your time. If you want to help us out just a little bit, if you could put in a review or a star rating or tell your friends or share this podcast or any of our podcasts, that would be really, really, really appreciated. Did you also know that if you're New Zealand-based, we actually have a physical event in Auckland on the 8th and 9th of November in the Vodafone Event Centre. Jump onto our website, nzsmefestival.com for more information and we are going to be releasing tickets to that event in the next couple of weeks so keep an ear out for that information but again thank you for your time have a great day and keep being awesome